I'm, I'm gonna be honest, y'all. I haven't even listened to that song. Like, bro, I I'm I'm caught up in like the first twelve tracks, and I just stay right there. Stay for real, for real, isn't it? It's hard to get past. It's really, really hard to get past uh, Donda. Donda. Bro, Donda. you would agree, right? This is definitely gonna be top five, if not maybe the best one. Uh, yo, I'm going to. I'm not. I'm not gonna say that because uh, not the best, Tim. Not the best. I, mean, yo, bro. I, mean, I don't want to say the this best. Is like a, this, this is almost like a DJ Khaled album, bro. Yeah, it is. This man got everyone on it, man. But you he's know what? Really though, he passed it off yeah, to the next but generation. You know but he's doing what he what he does best, and that's orchestrating. He's a producer. Bring people together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bring he brings together. it together, bro. I was having this debate, and and this really pissed me off, right? I was having this debate. I Hold said, on, before the debate, before the debate, you're talking about Jay Z, and how like fundamental that 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 line was and things like that. I think that there's a lot of people, especially in the industry, that look at that look at Jay Z, that look at Puff Daddy, that look at Diddy, but don't look at their journey to where they got. You know what I'm saying? Or look at Quincy Jones and the stories that you hear about from Marlon Brando about like. Richard Pryor and just like what people had to do to get down with this system. I think that Ye is the, maybe the only uncompromised one. And I think that's what makes a lot of, a lot of us that may enjoy his journey more than Ho's journey is because there's too much in, in Ho's journey that is questionable, right? When you're moving that, like it, Snowfall is an excellent example of that, right? Snowfall, Franklin is compromised. No matter what he does for the rest of his life, he has this connection that will be used to open doors for him that wouldn't, that wouldn't necessarily be open. I think that he, he gained from that. Whoever this, like, this woman in Rock, in, in Rock Nation is, whoever that executive, I really think that that could be like on some... You know, let's not go too far about that. Whatever, whatever that could be. But I think that I can't hold Jay-Z in a level of like regard when it comes to what a man has overcome because it was almost like yo, Drake and ghostwriting. It's like, yo, you needed something else to become what you were, versus Ye saying, No, I'm putting all of this together. And like you said, I'm known for the orchestration, not for the original lines or ideas and stuff like that. Like, like, yo, I, I think that this, this Kanye journey, like this book, this, this book is going to sell more than Obama's book, bro. When Ye drops a book, a first volume, whatever it is, that's going to sell more. I'm saying that right now because this journey has been such a, it's been such a beautiful public journey, bro. And those of us that are paying attention to more than just like, Man, like that Jay-Z line was so hype because you ain't, you ain't drop it at the time. Why didn't you drop that at the time when he really needed you? You know what I'm saying? Why wasn't that on, on some whatever song? Why was that on a Roddy song or something like that? Why was that you dropping that red cap? We going home. Like now? Like now we get that? Come on, man. Like, nah. Nah. Sean is always going to be compromised to me, bro. 
So this yay yay is a purist, man. So that's why I'm a that's why I'm a yay fan, bro. So I'm fans of both, man. I'm, I'm I'm fans of both. You know what I mean? But especially, I mean, I can understand why Tev is saying like this could be one of his best because when you're making songs like this. <laughs> Come on, man. This joint right here. I can't really see what did I miss. Yeah. Ex strippers. Hey. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Hey. Come on, bro. Chorus too. Yeah, the choir too. You know oh, come on, man. Like come on, man. Bro, that album's fire, man. Slapper. Sorry, those first 12 are so hard to get past them, man. And I know what they're going to be. It's tough. And my favorite song had, had Cuddy on it. It's fu- it's funny, like, I, I got the first version where you didn't get a lot of, like, complete songs. And I've already liked those two songs. So the two songs I really, like, had, like, a Cuddy part to it. And it got me to listen to Young Thug, one of the songs. I was like, okay, Thug. I, like, I kind of get it, but I, 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 it's, a real, it's a nice marriage. He had the locks mm-hmm. on there. Like, come on, man. Like, what? He had... Almost, almost all of Griselda on there. This was a, uh, this album's gonna be special because of just like the cultural time period. You know what I'm saying? I mean that, that's what that's what Ye is good for though. Like he's good of uh, capturing the sound of the time. Mm. Um, mm. and I think that's why the graduation album was so special to me. Ooh, such a because special it was just he captured the sound of the time, like oh just God. literally having um, college right that came that was out for you. Yeah, that was my my senior year, bro. Like literally my last semester of school, 2007, like fall of 2007. Like that came out. And uh, you know, like having having a joint with with Jeezy's ad-libs. You know what I mean? Like who would be smart enough to only get Jeezy's ad-libs on the song cuz that's all you needed, bro. <laughs> having having T-Pain on Good Life. Yo, Good Life. You I know remember what I mean? first hearing Good Life. I was watching Sopranos, uh, not Sopranos. Uh, what's that what's that show? Entourage. My homeboys mm-hmm. used to come to my house every Sunday. We used to all chill in my living room. They would bring popcorn. They would bring whatever, whatever. And we would watch Entourage. And I remember the episode where I heard that song. And I was like, and nobody got up because I was like, they didn't, they didn't really listen to hip hop like that. But I got up and I was like, yo, where can I find this song? Where, what can I do to get this song in my life? I needed, I couldn't Shazam it or nothing like that. It yeah. was, uh, yo, that was a special album. I'm glad, I'm glad you appreciate that album. I'm glad yeah, bro. I mean, he had uh, he had DJ Toomp on production a lot, and DJ Toomp was, you know, he was behind the sound of uh, Ti. So just like having the best uh, co-producer, like he would just he just did everything perfect. You know what I mean? The the right collaborations for the right time. Um, one thing that I want to talk about is uh, he he made a he made a he made a, a reference when he was on medication, and how the medication made the Mustang not buck. And I think that's a really mm-hmm. uh, important uh, line simply because that was a part of growing up in this country with parents that got to trust the system, but mm-hmm. didn't know that they shouldn't is that they heavily medicated their children. Mm. And they have no idea what those impacts were versus parents or grandparents or a community of people who have been able to exchange information or remedies or support in order to avoid this system, or at least know a little bit more information about what you're getting yourself and your children into, man. Like people are always so quick to 
compare America to their country. And it's like, yo, but are you comparing your American experience to the experience of you and your country with your family? You know, I've had a, I've had a really tough time wrapping my mind around single mothers and then women who are alone. You get what I mean by the difference? Like a single mother might not have a man in the house, but yeah, there's break, an uncle, yeah, go, there's a grandfather, there's a couple cousins. Yeah. There are men around, right? Uh, versus a person that doesn't have that support, that, that, that masculine support in their life or the familial support and how much more of a difficult journey that is as a parent and for that child. And uh, I think that is celebrated and it shouldn't be. That's one of the that's one of the, the things that, that so many families gravitate towards America is this is this uh this notion. Say again. Man, you about to you about to get into uh Kevin Samuels territory in a minute, bro. Is that right? What <laughs> that is <laughs> man, that 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 hurts because I think people have I, I finally have words to those experiences, right? To that lack, to that I, I finally see the scope of what it's like. Uh, when certain when, when when households are broken up, you know, yeah, um, and it's not so much like at this point certain certain contracts, certain bonds, certain marriage, whatever, whatever, is more about, I guess, creating you know the best outcome for the children, and then mm-hmm. salvaging whatever is left. But man, like, I didn't know how deep and how like systemic that. That 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 celebrated lifestyle is like, man. And I don't want to get too Kevin Samuels on here because I'm I'm not here to preach someone else's else's experience. But as someone who's lived that experience, man, it's 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 tough growing older and seeing the scope of um of of what you may have missed out on. And I will say that there's a, there's a lot of situations where you know people are going to justify a woman by saying, yeah, it's my child. Of course, I'll bring my child with me wherever I am. And it's like, no. If you, you owe it to that child to put that child in the best scenario for that child's growth and development. You know what I mean? Not for, oh, your, yeah. not for your desire to be with your child. That shouldn't supersede taking a child away from, from their roots of their family. So um, if there are any immigrant families or immigrant children that, that grew up in that similar situation, yo, or, or any children, period. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, thank goodness your family was able to create a, a nest when you, when you were transplanted to Oregon. Because if that wasn't it and that was broken up for whatever reason, losing touch with your, with your roots would have been really, really significant, man. You know? Um, oh, yeah. But being able to, like, transplant and then, and then create new roots is, is huge, man. Um, I think that, again, that's more of a, a community-based community based approach. And I think that's one thing I, I, I appreciate about um, – let me see if I can – I'm not going to – we don't have to pull it up, but um, that, that medication comment, uh, it really it – really, reminded me how much people that don't have experiences with with this american culture rely on this american culture or trust this american culture and to our detriment you know what i mean any immigrant yeah. any immigrant uh, uh, uh families um that don't really have that experience where they're coming from like poland or or or, or vietnam or uh, you know djibouti it's really about knowing what this system is first. And that's one thing I appreciate about your podcast is it's giving people that aren't the majority uh, a landscape to to work from, uh, or at least to know how, how deep the rabbit hole goes when it comes to the healthcare system, period, right? Mm-hmm. And as somebody who was heavily medicated when he was a child, I really, I, I, I 
I can definitely relate to that feeling of frustration. You know, mm. that feeling, that notice of like, you're a different person. You're a lot more, you know, quote unquote, tolerable or palatable. And I think that also goes far when it comes to parents. One thing that I see in your family is like, your kids aren't afraid to be upset with you, right? They're not going to mm-hmm. lose out on love because they're upset with you. And that's one thing that I've always like, kind of like, I remember when we were at, uh, on, at MLK, and there was kind of some kind of function and y'all were standing in line and, you know, whatever happened, I, I think maybe your daughter got frustrated or something like that, but like they weren't afraid. And that's something that's so powerful because they get to be, they get to identify with how they feel and not be guilty with that feeling. And mm-hmm. it's, it's something to be said about like a parent telling a child, you're, you're, you ought to love me, right? Alan Watts mm-hmm. talks about this a little bit. Or, and, and guilting a child into loving the parent because I'm obliged to, you know, I put a roof over your head. I put food in your mouth. Blah, blah, blah. You also love me. I'm like, that's not it at all. That's like trust. You don't you don't build trust that way, and that obligation. Yeah. Is so it's so easy because it's 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 trainable, but it's it has such a, a lasting residual effect on how that person interacts with the rest of the world. Yeah, I mean that's that's that old school like man. I guess baby boomer generation and probably before them. Like, that's that thought process. Like, because I'm your elder, you got to love me. You got to respect me. You got to treat me X, X, Y, and Z type of way. And I don't have to reciprocate it. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Right. And it's just right. like, uh, nah, dude, we ain't, we, we not, we not y'all. I mean, right. this, this millennial generation, we don't operate like that. Um, and it's, you know, it is what it is. Like, that's how they was raised. A lot of them were you know a lot of their parents i know my my grandfather was in the military so it's like you got a whole bunch of military babies and so you know your 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 dad your father grandfather was brainwashed um a lot of rigidity yeah to to operate like that and so he gonna run his ship you know he gonna run his unit or whatever all the i don't know the military (laughs) terminology (laughs) you know what i mean but my my outfit is gonna you know be in tip-top shape you know what i mean so it's just like all right bro so so that's that's how y'all was raised but we're not raised like that you know and we are um thank god you know we're more emotionally intelligent um now, now there are some things that we could learn from the older generation but some things we just don't need to carry into the future um and so what you're what you're talking about you know i deal with that still to this day as uh, a grown man whose parents are older and, and they really think that they should be able to impose their thoughts and ideas and without any <laughs> without any response from us and we grown as hell but they still think that they could you know talk to us like that and it's just like nah we ain't we we not we're not doing that we're not gonna operate like that so uh, I don't know where I don't know why y'all think it's still gonna go down that way but it's not you know but um but yeah man that's 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 something and that's what I say like moving forward you know with 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 my kids and these future generations there's certain things that I feel responsible to do and so I, I feel responsible to break that that habit passed down from generation to generation of do as I say not as I do type stuff like nah I gotta do as do as I do and but it's up to me to show you and and do better so that you have a good model 
to follow after and not just me barking orders at you and saying you're obligated to listen to me and you're obligated to love me and respect me and X, Y, and Z. I mean, you should love me because I love you and it should be natural. It shouldn't, it should go without saying. Um, but also I have to exhibit that in a healthy way. If I expect you to reciprocate it, because if I give you unhealthy, uh, an unhealthy model, I mean, I can't expect you to not reciprocate an unhealthy model if that's all I gave you. You know what I mean? It, you're, and you're not going to unlearn that until you become an adult and learn better. But and yeah, I can't man. point you in that direction necessarily, but I can definitely like show like you clear the path. Yeah, yeah. as an option, because I think exactly. that I, I think that that's one thing that uh, I guess we're, we're going to have a really tough time giving our children the freedom to like think outside the box or live a safer, more comfortable life, right? Mm -hmm. Some people are going to be like, yo, this is the job, this is the retirement, this is the house, this is the business, blah, blah, blah. And then other people are going to say, hey, you know what, explore, see what life is like, you know, uh, do the uncomfortable. If you fear it, go do it uh, a little bit more unstructured. And I don't think, mm, I guess, I mean, I don't think we could afford to have that kind of choice. Mm hmm in previous generations previous no generations they, they were just didn't. worried about safety yeah i was about to say even if you could afford it like you just weren't allowed like you would have got killed or ran up out of there or sundown town or just segregation whatever so um yeah they just had to they had to be safe like you said hmm. that'd be that's safe it's gonna be such a choice that what a what a, what a what a trail to blaze because uh, yeah that's gonna be really new you know, coupled with the internet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, bro. Well, shoot, man, let's let's get into this clip, bro. It's, it's yes, talking man. about uh, white liberals, you know, thinking that black influences should only be employed on other black people, you know, and mm. just, you know, it, it should only be strong enough to influence other black people. So let me go ahead and play this here. Uh, so the one of the most racist things that liberals who pride themselves on not being racist have said to me is like, uh, you're going to split the black vote. And that makes it seem like black people can't make decisions for ourselves and that don't know white people know me. Like I'm on, like only right. the liberals, they literally make it seem like only black people will vote for me. Right. Think about that right. statement, the, the nuance of institutionalized racism. And this would be like, somebody from the art world, you know what I mean? And they, they just have a place where no one has really been able to embrace the idea of Blacks not being in a block and staying in one place. Right. Or Blacks you having have to vote Democrat. Yeah, right. or Blacks having an opinion, like right. us not being on boards or us being like handlers for other Black people, meaning like if we work at a label, we work at a big corporation, it's our job to go talk to the other black people, you know, to right. calm other right. black people down. But we're working for, you know, uh, Universal or Vivendi or uh, whatever the organizations were. That, bro, he said, that just well, resonated, sure you just bro. just said Boulay, man. Yeah, <laughs> that that resonates, bro. Yeah, tell me more. Um, just because, like, how he said it, like, 
black people that are hired to go in and to handle and talk to the other black because like you know with me doing this professional development part of my my business and um um dealing with or not dealing with like you know consulting and kind of coaching and teaching other people that are like directors and coordinators for um you know diversity equity inclusion initiatives and stuff and things of that nature it's just like it's almost like these people are hired in those positions to really like talk to the other non-white people and kind of kind of keep them in line and make them feel safe or whatever the case might be but then when they're when those same people you know those diversity directors are talking to white folks they're not necessarily there to help them do anything better but just kind of like make them feel comfortable in their whiteness yeah in in their decisions without really being uncomfortable and making the real change that would actually produce a culture that's like sustainably diverse not just like on the surface diverse you know so that's the most yeah man thing about like that's the most dangerous expectation from corporate culture is like Mm. diversity because even if it's diversity in skin tone and cultural background blah 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 the mentality is what you're trying to find diversification, which you're trying to diversify. And you can find plenty of people that are as dark as us that are okay with pushing a an agenda that is okay that is not beneficial. You know what I mean? Or is okay mm-hmm. with filling a spot um because of of that need of, of appearances or whatever. I think that's really living abroad really teaches you that is that like one, all skinfolk and kinfolk, and two, there's so many people that you meet with similar mentalities or like desires for liberation or, or, or for the future or whatever it could be that may not look like you. You know what I mean? And that's where it comes to like the mm-hmm. friends and a family thing. I come, I come to a head with that as well because there are, there are values that people hold that I feel like it has to supersede uh, race or family you know what i mean like what those are the things that are just like more important on a on a human level on Mm -hmm. a on a a thinking creature level on a where we're in this universe to experience whatever whatever kind of level i think it has to be bigger than like i don't know the the the, i I think blood is only thicker than water sometimes whoever you can break bread with whoever you can share with whoever you Mm -hmm. can really build with i think that is that's incredibly, uh, incredibly useful. You know what I'm saying? Where? What What do you think about that part when he said, you know, it was the, it was like the white, um, like somebody that was in the art world, you know? Right. And so it was like they innocent. were. Well, it it was it was seemingly innocent. It's it's um it's you it's it's funny to me because, um. The book that I just read titled Nice Racism by Robin DiAngelo. She was the author of uh, of White Fragility. But I just finished the Nice Racism book. And the premise of the book is that white progressives do the most harm to black people mm. in America, just like, like on a daily basis. Mm. Um, and the statement that he made about, you know, the white person from the, the white artist or whatever, is very in line with what she's talking about in that book for like 200 pages. It's the same stuff, same similar types of stories and how 
white folks can seemingly be so innocent, but like say something so blatantly racist, mm-hmm. harmful and, and with a straight face and think that they're just really they that they're that they have the best interest at heart for everybody involved. And so for them to tell Kanye, wait, you're going to split the black vote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kanye's like, so you mean to tell me white people wouldn't vote for me at all? You think I don't have white fans? Have you not right. been to my concerts? <laughs> how, how tone deaf can you right. be? Do you you know, know what I mean? Who, do you not know why my sneaker is as expensive as it? Like, they have no idea. Right. They have no idea who's, who's right. But like you, you kind of see how primitive the minds and the thinking of even of the most so-called progressive white folks, they will sit there and say to him with a straight face, you're going to split the black vote as if only black people are going to listen. But that's kind of how you know, the white progressives look at things like they'll they'll hire that black person or they'll keep that black person around in a corporate environment or that person of color so that they can be the mouthpiece to other people of color. It's like, all right, so we can at least we can satisfy them. They have someone who's in a somewhat, you know, seat of authority, even though they don't have any control. We'll give them the title of director of diversity or whatever and divert director of equity and inclusion. You know, but we're just hiring them to keep these people kind of pacified, and that that happens. Are so those often. people useful? Because I, I I feel that way about Jackie Robinson. Oh, tell me more, Jackie Robinson, really? Yeah, I feel like breaking the color barrier is just like, why not just build the Negro League? Like, why do we have to have that crossover? Why do we have to have the person that like took all the the spitting and then why 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 did we have to do that why could we just say we who who are you referring to as we a community a community of people that why did we why did we have to i guess hmm, who am i talking about when i say why did we have to because when it comes to segregation that's not that's not black people's idea that's that's the white folks idea so i mean i'm not talking about the segregation i'm talking about the integration well, there is no integration if there isn't segregation first. That's that's what I'm getting right. at. So right. the only I, I there's that, a there's a need to integrate because they've have segregated for so long. Tell me about the need to integrate. Well, I don't know if they're I mean that's that's that's, right. that's what I'm having. That's, like, that's the crux I'm talking about right now. Like that didn't that that may not have been necessary. And that's what I that's what I was talking about. The well the, the person that, that sits on that board or the you know, the black person that might be, you know, part of the, you know, like you say, the, the director of diversity, equity, inclusion. Mm-hmm. Those are the people that well, are, I mean, that, that was that was a different time, though. You know what I mean? So to, to say, you know, back in the 50s or, or whenever that was, um, it was, I think it was the 50s. Um, you know, when when segregation was still like a big thing, um, I, I think with that situation, It was just about opportunity and um, getting getting a fair shake to compete at the highest level uh, or at the level that pays you the most money. I, I should put it like that, because not to say that folks in the Negro Leagues were not as good, if not better. Well, they, I mean, they, a lot of them were better. Jackie Robinson was way better than all them cats. That's why they finally let them in. Because that's I mean, that's what it came down to with with sports um, when they were segregated and then they started integrating like 
they could no longer deny how good black people were. You know what I mean? Like just just imagine today watching all white basketball, all white football. <laughs> Look at that. You you like I guess instant laughter, bro. Like Yo, but, but you can you can only ignore it for so long. Yeah, you can only ignore it for so long. Like, I mean, they they knew with Jesse Owens back in the 30s or or the early 40s, like or no, it was it was 30s. They knew that Jesse, Jesse Owens, Owens was referring to. Hold on, maybe it was Jesse Owens I was referring to. He was the track no, star, right? No, 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 no. Jesse Owens was baseball. Was, was baseball, yeah. Okay, but, but Jesse Owens like, is, who I was respo- was, is who I was referring to, not Jackie Robinson. I'm sorry. Well, Jesse Owens, he didn't integrate anything. He just ran. Tra- he just competed in the in the Olympics. So you were you were you were on the right path. Oh, okay. You were talking oh, okay. about okay. integrating okay. baseball. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Jackie right. Robinson, Jackie Robinson. But I mean, that was just. It wasn't like Jackie Robinson was trying to do it. They just like recruited him. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't like, hey guys, I'm trying to trying to play baseball for you. It was just like, hey, this dude is undeniably amazing. Let's let's see if we can sign him. And so I don't know the full story. I haven't watched the movie and I haven't read the book, but I would assume they made him an offer that he couldn't refuse. I assume that he also had a community of people that would tell him what he would be up against. And tell him. Oh like, yeah, he he knew he knew what he was up against. Yeah, and what but, I mean, and what his people could lose out on, because again, he was undeniably amazing, and for that kind of talent to have stayed in the league would have brought undeniable attention and opportunities for the people versus the person. No, that's I mean that's not necessarily the case because he's not Jackie Robinson unless he goes and does what he does. Like he's not historic. Like you would, because you don't know who the second best player was in the Negro Leagues. You don't know who the third best best player was. You don't even know who made the Negro League All Stars that year. You know why? Because no, because the story isn't told. But see how the story is told, though, because this is like glorifying something that happened that goes against the interest of the people, in my opinion. But it's a story that's glorified because of what? Like I don't, I don't get like why the person that is crossing over is so important versus the person that chooses to stay, especially if he, like, if everyone in the Negro League was better, then he would have had better competition in the Negro League, but he wants to cross over for a bigger platform or for more money or whatever, whatever. And I, I, I don't find that glory worthy. I don't know why we, 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 we glorify Jackie Robinson, but I don't think that's yeah. necessarily our culture. I think that the dominant culture is who wants to glorify those, those kinds of people. No, we we definitely as black American culture, we definitely, um, you know, we definitely hold him in high regard because because he 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 went through it. Like, it's always hard being the first person. Like, eventually, if we're all in the same country, eventually we're going to play together. Eventually, we're going to act on the same stage. Eventually, we're going to you know what I mean? So there's always going to be that first. But why don't we know the first? What's that girl that the first girl to like go to an integrated school? Why don't we know those as much as we know Jackie Robinson? I mean, those that are versed in history know that. You talking about Ruby Bridges, like boxer? I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know who she is. Uh, I mean, I mean, like just I mean, if we, if we, if we keep it, yeah, I mean, Ruby Bridges. So if we keep it a buck, a lot of, a lot of the his, history that we know in these first people is because there was movies made about. Them. But if there's not a movie made about them, we don't know it. So, I mean, that's just that's just popular culture, and you know that because. Hollywood made a big deal about it, mm-hmm. but 
but you know, no black people are looking at Jackie Robinson like he's a sellout or he shouldn't have did it. Like he took advantage of an opportunity and and he did what they felt like they deserved to do anyway. Like, man, we we should have been in the major leagues. We should have been getting those big bags. We should have been competing at the highest level. You know, we we should not have been locked out of this American system that we all love and that we all are a part of. And we ain't going nowhere. So we might as well we might as well get everything that we can out of the system. We working. We paying taxes. Our, our tax dollars are building these stadiums. Why the hell our players can't play in these stadiums that our tax dollars build? We deserve it just like everybody else. So that's our history and that's our heritage. And that's what those are the things that we fought for. And that was important to us as a people is, is getting equal access to all of the things that our tax dollars pay for. And I, and I, I totally agree with that up to the point of using their stadiums. I think that absolutely as a taxpayer, you should be able to play your league in whatever stadium your tax dollars pay for. But to want it to be accepted into the dominant culture, that may have just been like, I don't know, that, that may have been like a social social engineering or something like that. But that's the, that's just that's the only part that gets me is like wanting to be a part of that versus elevating your whatever you have more access to. You know what I'm saying? It's better to be the king of the jungle than an ant in a in a it's, it's better to be the the king of the anthill than an ant in the jungle or something like that. Um and I don't, I don't, I don't. Well, I mean, that's just a that's a perspective. I mean, that's per, that's personal. If you if you yeah, that's a personal. I mean, because I wouldn't just want to be on an anthill if I know that I, if I have access to the jungle, like I want the whole pie. Like I don't want just a little corner. You know what I mean? So, I mean, but that's that's everybody. Everybody has their own personal like um, uh, motivation to do what mm-hmm. they do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, and it always looks yeah. greener on the other side too. Mm-hmm. Like the the choice that you don't. I wanted to point out a couple of names that he talked about that we could probably just gloss over. And uh, one of his, one, one of the people that he has studied in was Victor Gruen, um, G-R-U-E-N. And um, he talks about how modern culture or industry, this is the guy that created the shopping mall or like the, yeah, the concept of the shopping mall. But he also created like ideal, efficient towns and city constructions but uh, industry or, or whatever the governing bodies were at the time only took advantage of the shopping mall. And uh, I thought that that was a name worth mentioning because his, he was an immigrant as well. And his story was really interesting about how he, he, was, he was an architect, but he just wanted to create you know, beautiful topics and things like that. Uh, somebody else that he talked about was, and I had to look this up because it sounds amazing as well. It was a little towards, let me see if I can find it. Shopping malls. Oh, I'll talk about that a little bit later. The uh, the rodent crater. Um, but just influences, man. I wanted to point out just his influences, yo, and how many people he has either been inspired by or talked to regularly or considers a friend. You know, um, mm-hmm. people like that should have been considered. So while we're on this topic, and I, before we get too far, I want to ask you: Did whatever has happened in the last year, year and a half? change your perspective what you've learned in your own life not just about kanye change your would any of that have changed your perspective on whether you would have voted for him in the 2020 election what you know now if you knew then what you know now Mm, no i don't i don't get too caught up in presidential elections so i don't really 
I mean, okay. I didn't okay. I didn't vote for anybody. Um, I voted locally, but I didn't put. But I mean, if if he was on the ballot, I probably would have voted. But I think he would you had to you have to write him in or something like that. Gotcha. So I think actually I think I might have put my name on there. I think I put I think I wrote myself <laughs> in the president. So I would have I would have voted for you, man, had I known, man. Yeah, but I don't, you know, I don't get too worked up over the president, you know, presidential stuff. Like most of it is cap. Even when they get mm. in the seat, like it's it's cap, bro. Like everything that they say to get in there, they're not gonna do. <laughs> you know, they just getting in there and they're taking care of their people and they're 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 carrying on whatever agenda that their group wants right, to carry right. on. You know what I mean? So they it's like like that's all about yeah. maintaining power. And on some like Game of Thrones, I just watched, I just finished watching a show called Kingdom. On that kind of on that note, it's just wouldn't would I mean people would do that. You can't knock whoever is maintaining the system for maintaining the system. My thing is, why are we still fighting a system someone's trying so hard to maintain? Versus, like I said, Jackie Robinson staying in the Negro League, or I don't know, investing somewhere else or something like that. Like. Do you feel like this? Do you? We're going all over the place, and I'm sorry. I do want to keep it to the topic and Kanye. So while I'm about to loop us back into the interview, and what uh, he says in a minute, uh, an hour forty-seven, he says, "Our greatest enemy is doubt." And I thought about earlier how we talked about religion, and Kanye and Jay Z are such excellent dichotomies because it seems like Jay Z is going the Muslim route. And Kanye is going a Christian route. You know what I'm saying? Like, have you noticed mm-hmm. that? Have you noticed? I haven't. I haven't th- thought about Jay Z as a Muslim, but yeah, I can kind of see that. Yeah. The, the album with Jay Electronic's album was heavily Muslim, and Jay Z had a couple lines. And then this last, this last verse, if I'm not mistaken, Jay Z makes a Muslim reference as well. So I'm just like, hmm. He is, he is putting him. He's dipping into that, into that, uh, into that atmosphere yeah i mean he did he did you know hint that on 444 right. like, the oh, spiritual okay. shit really works hum do a law i don't do you know right, so right, 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 yeah right. yeah i didn't i didn't notice i didn't really think about that but yeah bro they are taking like two separate paths but they're ending up in, in at the top of the mountain together you know together, so together man that's the that's the beautiful thing like this is gonna be a dope movie this is a hero's yeah. journey have you do you do you know about that? Have you you know about are you are you familiar with Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey archetype? Nope. So um, if I, I highly suggest anyone that listens to this podcast episode, please, please do yourself a favor. If you're interested in um, anthology or like the human anthropology, process, anthropology. Thank you. If you're mm-hmm. interested in anthropology, um, this author named Joseph Campbell has a really interesting interview with Bill Moyers. He actually has a whole series of interviews. And what he finds out is the hero's journey is an archetype for, I think it's, it's similar to religion for men. Men need an avenue to reach. Men need to, men need to be taught, right? What they say, there's a, there's a saying that goes like that. Like women are raised, men are, men are taught or something like that. Or whatever that goes, like men need to be taught how to be a man. And the hero's journey is kind of, the man's journey, the boy's journey into manhood. And mm-hmm. many of these ancient cultures or, you know, pre-civilized cultures have that archetype in a lot of their stories, you know? Um, and we do as well. Some of our like Disney movies, a lot of them are just like a bastardized version, but um, the most popular version of the hero's journey is Star Wars, 
before like uh, George Lucas's uh, versions. Um, that is basically the hero's journey. The hero typically finding you know someone a mentor, losing love, or or making a great sacrifice and making the decision to you know turn this way or that way, and ultimate redemption at the end. It's a really interesting story, but it's something that is an archetype through many, many pre, pre-written cultures. And Kanye takes that and he puts that, um, and, he, and he knows that. A lot of things that he talks about in this interview, he just kind of drops without saying that. So he talks about, you know, George Lucas had a great, uh, it's one of the most beautiful stories about the hero's journey. And um, that Joseph Campbell author has some incredible interviews that I think that people would really um, take advantage of. And I think that's the biggest issue with Western culture right now is Western culture doesn't have an established method for boys to become men. You know, whether it's like, uh, he, was, he, he mentioned one culture, maybe it was like a, a culture in New Guinea, uh, where one night where the, where the boys, one, one day, you know, soon when the boy like just becomes too big for his riches or becomes too big for his mother's control, um, the men of the village gather, they put on masks and they like snatch the boy away from his mother. And they like, they put on a whole show. The mother knows what's going on, but she has to pretend like these guys with these spirits are taking the son and making him, you know, separate from his mother. And there's this whole journey. This boy gets like shock treatment almost. Um, but eventually he, I think part of it is he has to fight. They push him to the point where he has to defend himself. So he has to overcome his fear of these spirits and actually fight them. And they are, um part of their culture is for that boy as soon as he gets to actually you know attack these spirits those spirits like capitulate to him but he overcomes them and they reveal who they are and that is the boy's like i'm doing a really bastardized version of it but that was that boy's like entrance into manhood right and so they Mm -hmm. give him that they give him the respect of defeating those spirits overcoming his fears and then like maybe he'll get to you know choose a wife or he'll get to go on a hunt or something like that but that was their um way of providing man the 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 divide between boyhood and manhood and we've lost that um growing up in western culture at least our part of western culture has lost that i'm not sure what any other part of outside of the black culture or the black cultural experience has but we we don't have that crossover and that's what's creating a lot that's culturally what's creating a lot of difficulty when it comes to anyone who adopts a lot of like western ideologies or those of us who are unfortunate enough to be raised in Western ideologies. Um, and as a person that's raising children, I encourage you to definitely look that up because I think you'll be able to either emulate or teach him about a process um, or have him experience the process versus, you know, kind of having just like figuring out <laughs> manhood like, like, like we had to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is from the outside looking in. I wonder how people with, with children, how do y'all how do y'all receive any opinion of people who without children when it comes to children? Uh, we disregard it. <laughs> Yo, uh, on, That's on like... behalf of my community, <laughs> <laughs> like you have zero experience. It's all like a theory. So you know, until you go through it. And then, and then once you go through it, you will understand why you wouldn't take anybody else's advice or opinion that doesn't have kids because they just they, you know, it's just theory. So would my would would my suggestion be considered like, yo, what do you know about raising a kid? 
or could that be just trying to expose you to the ails or the failures of our culture and saying, hey, please explore a way for your son to, to grow into manhood, you know, like deliberately or like very candid. No, I mean, something, I mean, something that may be a, you know, a novel or new thought to you is something that I've already thought and I'm oh, already. Yeah, so it's, it's not nothing like, I mean, I would, I would be a terrible father like if I've never thought about how I'm going to help my son transition into manhood and he's 12 years old, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I would, you know, so I think that would be good. I mean, I would, I would probably take your advice more to heart if I was like, if my, my wife or my woman was on the, like with child or something like that, then I'm listening to everybody. Cause I don't, I don't know any better and I haven't really contemplated long enough and I haven't even tried anything. So um, I'm just as green as anybody else in that situation. But, you know, now I'm on child number three and, and my oldest is 12. Like these are thoughts that I've already thought about stories that I've already taught them about. Like spe- specifically when you talk about the hero's journey, I do talk about um, the Lion King, how I was trying to teach about the hero's journey. Cause that's, that's the story that I kind of recognize as like the oldest story known to man when it, when, as it pertains to the hero's journey and the hero's journey. I mean, that's, literally the root word of, or the 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 inspiration of the word hero is heru you know when you talk about asar set heru um you know kind of like the holy trinity of comedic spirituality right um and so in in the in the lion king it is and i told i taught my son about this like the lion king is basically telling they they just took the story the comedic story egyptian story of asar set and heru um, and then they just turned it into a Disney movie. So um, Asar is the father uh, and and Haru is the son. And Asar's brother name is Set, which is that kind of the root word for Satan. Um, so Set is. Is Scar, right? And, and Aset is the mother, but they didn't really, really feature the mother like that in the Lion King. But it was more about Asar, Haru and Set. And so in the comedic story, you know, Set kills Asar. Um, so the brother kills the the jealous brother Set kills Asar. Um, but then Haru avenges his father's death and kills Set. So Simba kills Scar. And Simba is the hero. And that is Haru. And that's where we get that story. And that and the word hero comes from the name Haru from Kimmy. So I've, I've taught him that story and, you know, just other just other stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, like that that hero's journey. Um, I don't impress it upon him too much, but I have thought about that and I have taught him that story from the comedic background of it. OK, cool. No, that's really that's dope that that's something that is already a part of his transitioning you know what i'm saying because he's he's especially coming to that age and just i wonder what uh what other cultures you'll be able to pull from um because i think that these stories like these are are a lot more ancient than our written cultures you know what i mean and finding different Mm -hmm. different different uh cultures or ways to say the same thing like something is going to be new to you that isn't new to you know what i'm saying somebody from Papua New Guinea or whatever, whatever. But it's the, the exact same story. Or someone yeah. from, you know, Eastern Africa. And it's the exact same journey. 
Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the a lot of the stories that most cultures have, um, at least I would say Western our Western imagination, a lot of it is just comedic stories remixed, and even like the the Greek and Roman mythology, you know, it all kind of came from the the Medu nature and just the the nature of ancient Kemet. So like a lot of our imagination, um, the gods and the goddesses and all that type of stuff, like it all came from Kemet, you know? So I teach my son about the source so that when he interacts with the world and he under, you know, he's, he learns about Zeus or he learns about shit, Nike, you know, he learns about all these gods and goddesses and all that type of stuff. Then He'll understand. Oh, man, this is just like what my dad told me. Like, this is a story of whatever. Like, literally this summer, I had my son read um, from the Browder file, volume one, you know, by uh, Anthony Browder. And Anthony that's just Browder, like a, the, the, the LAPD officer. Oh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> there's a there's an LAPD officer named Anthony Browder. Anthony Browder. I, well, I, I don't, no, I don't know about the police officer, oh, but wow. now I'm talking about. I'm talking about Anthony Browder, the author, and he's like, yeah, he's someone that goes to uh, to Egypt and he does his own excavations like he finances it himself. Um, but yeah, so he so I, I, I have him read that book and it's it talks a lot about, you know, symbolism and the ancient comedic stories and just recent um, within the past 60 to 100 years history of america um especially how it's affected black people so but he he writes it in very plain language so yeah i've been i've been giving my son you know just that type of knowledge and we've been having conversations throughout the summer um every because i haven't read like two chapters a day and then we talk about it so yeah man like i'm definitely you know going through it like teaching him having those conversations just introducing him uh to stories and and mythology and philosophy, but not trying to force him to believe it. I just want him to understand and learn how to evaluate information and apply it to his life. And that's that's the biggest thing for me. Like, don't believe everything everybody say. And I was like, even what Mr. Browder say, like, you don't you don't want to believe everything that he said. I said, look it up because there was some stuff that he was talking in there. And I was like, I don't really know if that's true, to be honest, because he, Elijah said he liked it. I was like, well, let's let's look it up. And he was he was specifically talking about the origin of the word. Um, damn, I cannot think of it, bro. It was like the origin of the word. Um, oh, the denigrate. And it was like the origin was to like. To to denigger like it was the, the origin was like black or something like that. And it has some like negative connotation that had to do with blackness. And I was like, nah, denigrate. I don't think it's like, I remember reading that, but I don't think that mean that. And then I looked in and we looked it up. We Googled it and we looked at the Latin origin of denigrate and it was everything that he said. I was like, all right, well, he was, he was right. He wasn't being all super pro blackity black. Like, yeah, that's actually the Latin root word. And that word is way more fucked up than we all know. <laughs> you know what I mean? But we just use it and we understand it as denigrate means to, you know, talk negative about somebody, but it had to do with but it had to do with blackness and black people, you know, and, and, and then, and how they dealt with them back in the day. So, uh, yeah, bro, <laughs> we just, we, we study together, uh, and we evaluate and I tell him, man, always don't believe nothing. Nobody say, um, just learn, 
you know, you, if you gravitate towards something and you like it and you, you want to take on that idea as yours, make sure you do further research, your own independent research on that thing so that you know for sure, like you got two or three different sources that can confirm that what that person said that you like, that is true. You know what I mean? So that's how I'm kind of preparing my son to enter this world, to think critically and be able to evaluate information. Right. That is, uh, yeah, that's a way of, of seeing the world just more strategically, right? It's a little less, it's a little less dependable than, you know, some other coaches get to, get to rely upon, you know, systems and, and, and policies and things like that. Whereas, you know, unfortunately, we do have to teach our children like now nah, this, the, the veil, the veil needs to be removed from your eyes a lot sooner than, than mm-hmm. someone else. But don't get it twisted. I have a system that I live by and I will be teaching him that system. And it's the system that I teach in my course, Know Your Enemy, The Evolution of Racism, Cohort 3.0, starting September 29th. Email me, ypdevelopment2030 at Gmail if you want to be a part. ypdevelopment2030 at gmail.com. So I do have a system. It's called, a, and it, it's called the Infinity Stones of Global Supremacy. And so there is a system of living in this world where you totally divest and detach yourself from the the known system of all areas of activity, economics, education, entertainment, labor, law, politics, religion, sex and war. We redefine our relationship to all of those activities and we and we um, interact in those activities in a way that builds up your family and your community and your sphere of influence and doesn't feed the system of racism, white supremacy at the same time. So I do have a like I I do have tools and I do have systems for him to be able to operate on, but I'm not imposing that or I'm not impressing that upon him because he's not he's not there yet. Like he's only 12 years old, you know. Right, so right, right. um but yeah I, I got all of that ready for him um when I feel like he's ready to be able to comprehend it and he'll definitely get it before he's 18. You know but yeah man I, every everything that I do even when I started my podcast, I started my podcast for my kids, bro. Like I wanted to create, I wanted to show my kids, like we don't all have to get along, but we should all be able to agree. We should all be able to have a conversation and discuss differences in, in a manner where we're not blowing up at each other, where we're not just not listening. Like we should be able to listen. And that, that's like episode one of Socks and Sandals podcast is pretty. And I, I laid that out. That was the one of the impetus. That was the impetus for starting a podcast, creating a model of showing my kids how to have a conversation with people that you don't agree with period. So everything that I do and a lot of, a lot of what I've done, like in my life, ever since I had my kids was like, man, how do I create a better model for them so that they can operate at their optimal level of humanity? You know what I mean? And so So speaking of creating a model, I think that that is, that's a great way of using, um, religions as well is that mm-hmm. okay if you if your children are going to have a model of heaven model of whatever whatever model of you know aspects of your personality and aspects of 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 what they may see in the world do you ever give um like i think i wouldn't be surprised at all if yay comes out with like just all you see how he did um mary he just did a he did an opera a couple years ago um an all black uh, choir, an all-black uh, musical uh, about the, the the Virgin Mary in that story. Is it okay as Dr. Uh, I'm really forgetting his name right now. 
many uh, some people have referred to as don't throw out religion or what you're getting trained in use it for your liberation versus you know like okay knowing that the 12 disciples are part of a, a, a different older story but would you still encourage them or teach them to identify with that 12 disciple story and just make sure that those that 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 imagery that you're coming up with reflects what you've been taught and what you know to be true oh um, like teaching them to have a relationship with like christianity or islam or whatever culture is a dominant culture like you know around no i'm definitely not teaching them to, I, well I'm, I'm teaching them to um to learn like just 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 learn bro learn and evaluate information and you don't have to attach your personality. You don't have to attach your identity to knowledge because when, because when you do that, you'll be controlled by the knowledge and our knowledge is like <laughs> what we know versus what's out there and what's actually happening is so small. So small, man. It's, it's so small. And so I, I don't, I haven't told my, my son to not be religious you know what I mean? But I'm just showing him what is the opposite of religion, you know, because I mean, because what is religion if it's not fanaticism? You know what I mean? So what's the opposite of fanaticism? It's being your true authentic self. It's um, learning and it's and it's being able to evaluate information and extract what is constructive for you and use it. But don't let it use you. Religion uses people to the benefit of the guru or the pastor or the priest or the bishop or whoever is at the top getting all the benefits of all of the energy that which is time and money that the people give to them. But don't be used by religion. Now, I don't, I'm not anti-religion, but if you're going to be religious, you use the religion. Don't let the religion use you, period. I'm not anti-family, but don't let the family structure that is prescribed by the western culture use you and feel like you're a slave to whatever the status quo is you create your own family structure and you operate as such and make sure your family structure builds you up and takes care of not only yourself but you know your your sphere of influence your kids your 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 close friends and future generations i'm not anti having a job but when you go to a job make sure you use the job don't let the job use you you get all the information that, that you can extract from that job, all the technology that you can extract from that so that in the future you let that information work for you, right? So, because eventually you don't want to necessarily work for somebody else. You want to be able to work for yourself or work with the people that you choose to work with and not having to work with folks that you don't want to work with. So, you know, I'm, I'm not anti any of these things, but going back to religion, I'm not anti-religion, but man, use that religious system to make sure that everybody's good because what's what what point of, of you being a christian or you being a muslim you being x y and z if you got this community of people that can't take care of themselves and that they're begging they got to go to a, a wholly totally different institution to take care of them when you got this whole ass religious institution with a 501c3 and y'all can't take care of each other you got a tax-free organization for me, but y'all not churches have to lock their doors to protect all their precious assets. It's just like, no, nah, man, that's come on. Nah, we're not doing that. Yeah, um, bro. Do you do you think that that is that is one of the? Do you think the church is one of the pawns that is used 
by political systems in America? Can of course, all, all areas, all areas of activity are pawns. The education system is, the economic system is, religious system, the military system, um, you know, the entertainment system, all every every system, economics, education, entertainment, labor, law, politics, religion, sex, and war, they're all used as pawns, all of them. Not oh, and, and there's there's not one that's you know that's excluded from that excluded. group. Right, mm-hmm. right. And that's saying to, to maintain the power structure. But I was saying more for our particular community. Um, because I was thinking that like that's another that's another nod to 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 Yay, is that he has been able to step out of the prescribed black narrative or prescribed black opinion and at least entertain a thought elsewhere. You know, mm-hmm. and he did it at a time where black people are starting to really say, yo, we have to stop letting people expect our vote as a block. You know, mm-hmm. we have to start mm-hmm. voting for policy. And I think that's another thing that came out of these last um, this last election was that. People were really like, yo. It's more it's it's so much bigger than that. I don't, and I don't know if this voting system is still going to be you know, as fraudulent as it as it feels like it has been to some people. Bro, let's let, I'm going to play the clip where he talks about those labels and how he's overcoming those expectations placed on him by those labels. Hmm. Like you never, ever saw it before. I used to be in San Fran asking people to invest in me. Nobody invested in me. When I went to a wedding in San Fran with all these billionaires and investors, angel investors, you should have seen people's faces. They were like, you jumped from the three-point line. You ran a stock by 45%. You see, think about this. You're going to split the black vote. You can't vote for the, you, you're only a rapper. You're like, it's like all these things that diminish me. Yeah. And now it's like Deadpool. Like I came back, it's like a superhero. And I won't let that be the kryptonite. I won't let my own ego be my kryptonite. I won't let other people's opinions be my kryptonite. I won't let these labels that people put on me be my kryptonite. And a lot of times I don't like to watch these interviews back until about, you know, three, four, five years later, because I'm always, you know, I'm, I'm visiting the now. I'm existing in the future and visiting the now mm-hmm. when I'm speaking to you. And they make a lot more sense in the future because I can tell you, but he can show you. God can show you. So a lot of stuff I'm telling you. And some people are following me. Some people are believing in it. And some people are just doubting it because they want to put this label. Oh, he's crazy. Or it's just a black guy saying it. Or it's just a rapper. It's just a... It's just an entertainer. It's just whatever it is. So I can say. Mm. It's just a black guy. It's just a rapper. It's just an entertainer. It's just a just some crazy Christian guy. Some some fanatic. I love how Kanye defies all of those labels. Boxes, you man. cannot really put him in the box. Yeah, you cannot put him in the box. And a beautiful thing, um, you know, he's like, he said, I can tell you, but God can show you. I think that's what he said. And uh, and it's I just read the the um, the, the, the Kabbalion, so it's like a hermetic type, um, yeah, wisdom. And it talks about how the masters of this world they serve on the higher plane, but they rule on the lower plane. And so, to me, Kanye is an example of that principle. He serves on the higher plane. Regardless of if you if you you are Christian or not, or if if, if you're a, um, a believer in, 
God or a higher power or the all or, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call them. These <laughs> folks like Kanye. That have like faith, you know what I mean? He is serving on the higher plane, but because of his service on the higher plane, he's able to rule on the lower plane. And oh, but it talks about like having that fear of God and no longer having fear of anything else. Like you only fear what's above you and everything else that's on this same plane. Like we put people on such high pedestals. We put celebrities and talented people, entertainers on such high pedestals, but we're all on the same plane as them. We all have the capabilities that they have. Like me and you could be Kanye in, in five to 10 years. You know what I mean? But regardless of that, Kanye is serving on a higher plane, man, and he's ruling right now, and it's it's beautiful to see. That's uh, that's well said, man. I think those those are the flowers that you know, those are the flowers that he he deserves. I really think that. Forget about the the, the personal stuff, but just what he is a, a representative of, right? Just mm-hmm. just the history that speaks for itself, and not only the music the musicianship but the the business acumen the the faith the he he said in the interview he said you know sometimes i would use my intelligence uh to get something sorted and where i didn't know i would use ignorance because i'm not gonna let your correction of me diminish who i who what my self-worth is or who Mm -hmm. i see myself as and that's so man that that that's that's what led into doubt and i really really thought that that was such a beautiful uh a beautiful statement. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find it, and I can't right now. But he said that that was. I'm not. I'd I'd use arrogance to to cloud whatever you're trying to correct and things like that. And, uh, the arrogance to try to be different but still represent, right? So to talk the way he talks and and enjoy fashion the way he enjoys it, but still very much be representative of the culture that he's from. Man, it's tough to do, yo. It's tough to do in those circles. It's tough to do when media has like you know, your 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 people canceling you for whatever, man. But um, he ha- he had a he had a quote at uh, not he had a quote, but I'm in like the two hour mark now. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing that I wanted to point out was the rodent crater. Never thought about this, never heard of it, but it is on the cover of his Jesus is King album, and what that rodent crater is is it's like some some artist made like a, a a light art piece out of a crater and it's supposed to be like super huge and it's one of those kind of like uh kind of called it the eighth wonder of the world it's one of those things that will probably stand the test of time and be like appreciated for for a long time but it's an experience and i just wanted to i, I every chance that i got on this during this interview i want to point out what the not only the inspirations but the people that he's familiar with, the people that he listens to, the people that he could be mentored, coached by, or, or you know, just have, just sit down and have uh, dialogue with. I think there's something to be said about that when it comes to any person, period, let alone an artist or let alone a quote unquote, uh, a presidential candidate. Yeah. I mean, he, he talks about that, how like money is not currency. Relationships is the true mm-hmm. currency. And so, mm-hmm. You know, he he develops relationships with all type of people. He the 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 things that he's interested in, 
he's going to develop a relationship with that person who can either get him in the door of that industry or that whatever he's trying to do or can just literally help him recreate that. Right, right. And so he'll put he'll put enough minds together. You know what I mean? Like he'll he'll build yep. enough interest. He'll build enough gentlemen. Working for I imagine working for Kanye is up there with working for Elon. Is up there with working for Jack Dorsey. You know what I mean? Like you feel like you're mm-hmm. working for innovators in the generation, and they yeah, bring man. a lot of people from a lot of like really important artistic spaces. Um, and I guess I wanted to take this time to just like stop to put a pause on so many people calling this man insane. So many people calling this man mentally ill or just people are superficially taking in whatever headlines, you know, pop up and things like that. And mm-hmm. I think he, he, is, he is one of the people that we're going to remember for generations to come. Man, His music is timeless, but that impact is real. And I think that he might he Jay-Z is going to fade. I really do think so. I really don't think that. Why? Why does Jay Z have to fade just for Kanye? To, no, what, what does no, that got to do with no, this conversation? Because I think Jay Z and Kanye are like the best of what we have in hip hop, right? Yeah, but Jay Z ain't going. Jay Z ain't going nowhere, bro. The same way I think. Um, who was it? Was it Angie? I think it was Angie Martinez. She was saying that some. Maybe it wasn't Angie Martinez, but some people. The more the the older hip hop gets. The, le- the less and less people that have there are less and less people that have Biggie or Pac in their top five or top ten rappers of all time. That just happens with time, but I think musically, there are some things that are just like. But Jay is still alive and he's still active. Yes. Yes. So I mean, and then and then when he when dies, kids, kids, kids have kids. Yeah, I mean, okay, that's that's another argument. If we want to argue what's gonna happen in 80 years from now, but goddamn, I mean, Jay-Z is still alive, and then when he dies, his notoriety will go up even higher because people get a spike in popularity after they die. So <laughs> he's top five right now, if not number one. And and after he died, I mean, you know, God forbid if a few of the few rappers die right now that's at the top, like they would be number one, they would be number two, you know. So, you know. And we've seen Jay, longevity, on. so I'm not I'm not disrespecting Jay Z at all. I'm not saying that if you don't like Jay, Jay, just just say you don't like Jay. Love, That's all you got to do. Yo, Blueprint was a Blueprint was a milestone in my life. Okay, I remember Blueprint the same way you were talking about. What were you talking about? Graduation. Graduation. Yeah. I remember Blueprint the same way. Blueprint will always live in my life as one of the most important CDs that I had on my disc, man. Important <laughs> CDs. Yeah. What's up, man? I had that great CD, bro. With the with the bass boost button, you remember the bass boost? <laughs> that ain't boost a damn thing. Really, it gave you a little bit more volume. That's it. It just it distorted so everything, bro. Had no bump in, at, at all, yo. And you really thought you had bumping your in your ear, man. Wow. Oh, Our imaginations. Right. It's like going back and looking at old school cartoons. You're like, yo, this cartoon is trash. How did my yeah. imagination fill in so many holes? That's what I feel about old like headphone technology. Oh man, it was so bad, bro. But it didn't matter. It was it was as good as it got at that time. So, thank you for Anthony Browder, man. I'm definitely gonna make sure to, to look up this man's information more. Yeah. Oh uh, man, Joseph Campbell is, is helpful for you as well. But um, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to tap in. Uh, I don't have too many more. I don't have too many more examples. I love the the bro. The I got. I, mean, I only got one. The artist is dinosaur never got killed. Oh, we can we can that. touch on that. Isn't that hilarious? Isn't that hilarious? Yeah, bro. I like that. Let me uh let me play that real quick. Yeah, 
Let me see. Where was that at? 214. Uh, yeah, 214, like 48, I have it at. Uh, 214.30. Here we go. People love art, but they want to put art in the box. We need to surround ourselves with the artists because the artists are the the most connected, the most truthful, and their their dinosaur never got killed. Somehow, <laughs> the people who have figured out how to make a, like, wait, a wait, real wait. a living wait. off of art is. What do you mean by the dinosaur never got killed? <laughs> Meaning, art class would be considered to be fun. Like every kid loves to draw. Yeah. Right, but some people got to grow up. And like right. the artists, right? In some way, don't have to. Yes, bruh. Mm. It's, it's, I I love it, bro. Like I don't know if this man is listening to the same audiobook as me, bro. But <laughs> the fifth, bro. Oh my god, bro. That's just it's right on point, bro. Mm. It's beautifully stated. Every everything stated. is art. Everything is art. The fifth agreement, bro. Everything is art. Like language is art. Our We're clothing. Arts, art in instead of surrounding ourselves with art. Yes. But but no, the thing is, we just don't know it. Like the artists recognize art in everything. That's why Kanye, everything that he looks at, he touches, he he looks at it in the artistic way and and maximizes and optimizes that expression. Everything that we do is art. When we get dressed, that's art. When we speak, that's art. When we decorate our home, that's art. You know what I mean? Like when, yeah. when, when we when when we look at architecture, that's art. Yeah, yeah. When I when I order my um my espresso and they do a little something at the top with a little flower, <laughs> that that's art, bro. What you followed architecture up with? <laughs> I'm just saying, bro. So the, the person, one. so what are you saying? Like the mind state of the artist, the people that tap into that everything is art, that means that you have control. And so we as humans don't realize how much control we have. Like we are artists. We create our lives, our thoughts. We choose how to speak and how not to speak, what to wear and what not to wear, how to express ourselves and how to not express ourselves. All of that is art and those that are conscious of it are conscious of the control that they have of their life and kanye is very aware of the control that he has in his life because he realizes that i can create like all right we can talk about religion or we can say we can talk about the bible but god spoke things into existence and we do the same thing. We think about it. We talk about it. And then we act. And then we create. Right. Nothing in our existence happens without being in our imagination first. Exactly, someone, bro. Someone, someone said that. I, I didn't come up with that. But I really believe that. It's just like there is real power and just kind of like that thoughtful manifestation of the... Manifestation is such a buzzword, though. That thoughtful... That thoughtful... Um, stepping into the life that you that you want to live you know what i mean just kind of like getting yeah. in line with it or whatever making that left yeah. turn that puts you on a path of exactly where you wanted to go um, that's, mm. uh, that's worth being that's worth being acknowledged and i think that this is somebody who we get to really see doing that against the norm 
signing a contract that maybe it wasn't the, the wisest thing to sign, but being able to live that life, I think it's a, I don't know, man, it's a beautiful story. And for us to be able to see it publicly, I think this is more beautiful than, than, than a lot of sports, man. I think this is, life being lived this way, I think is, is radical. Yeah, Kanye's story, man, his journey, his hero's journey is something else, bro. It so is, man. It is, man. What a time to be alive. God, what a time to be alive. Yeah. Speaking of life, man, sustenance, bro. I need it. No doubt. No doubt. We've been <laughs> we've been at it for a few hours, man. So go ahead and you take care it. of yourself, man. Thank you so much. But bro, pre- I appreciate you for coming out and spending the time. And man, Yo, we almost another- hit three hours. I know, bro. We we've been going at it. <laughs> I'm gonna have to edit this down. I'm gonna have you to edit this down a little bit. Hours of cut. Yeah. Damn, it didn't feel like three hours, man. No wonder I'm so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> you looked at the clock and was like, "Oh, oh, okay." I, like, oh, I should have been eight, man. I'm on this. Yeah. Uh, I'm on this diet where so I'm just like pounding a bunch of calories. And oh uh, yeah. With it, so I'm 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 in the gym, man. Like, man. Yeah, you need it. Gym. Yeah. Please, no if you if you still see that starting strength clip where that dude, he uh, he he like he broke his back basically, and his road to recovery, especially when he talked about like doing the squat by mistake for for the first time, um, mm. it's like he was like, yo, this is a pain that I actually for the first time it didn't feel any. This is an action that I didn't feel any pain. I need to do more of that, and just like mm-hmm. that road to recovery and just like the program and the process that I'm that I'm currently going through, man. I, I think it's. It's, it could be useful. It could be really useful. Grandparents for everybody. You know what I mean? Like, just, no well, but you play football, so I, I guess you already kind of have that foundation. I would imagine. But I think I bet you would help you with the recovery, and I hope that it's a smooth one. I hope that there's so much more information in the pain, and uh, I hope you enjoy the journey to recovery, brother. Thank you so much for, for suggesting this again. No doubt, bro. I appreciate you, bro. Always, always, man. Any uh any any final thoughts? Any final thoughts for the folks before you go, man? Oh, uh yes, definitely check out effable e f f a b l dot c o. Um it's like effable the word dot com without the e- anyway, that was too complicated. E F F A B L dot co dot C O on Instagram. That's the website as well. E F F A B L on Twitter. I am committed to uh, creating Twitter storms that are gonna be useful to people and informative and hopefully create interesting dialogue. So please keep a keep an eye out for those um, incoming uh, tweets and ideas that are concentrated around um, the experience that we're having here and now from our different perspectives. Uh, thank you again. Um, no doubt. No doubt, brother. Appreciate you. Um, follow me on YouTube, Socks and Sandals Podcast. Instagram, Socks and Sandals Podcast. Uh, check out my website, emmanuelwilliams.co. For all things um, professional development that I do with Universal Professional Development and all things with the podcast. Once again, it's the Socks and Sandals podcast where society, culture, history, and religion collide. And we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. Holla at y'all next time. Grace and peace. I can't really see where did I miss. Mm. Mm. Ex strippers, mm. mm. new killers. Mm. Mm. Shy niggas tell them. Mm. Mm. This on Donda. Mm. Mm. On my mama. Mm. Mm. Made a promise. Mm. Do you want to not be on my? Do you want to not be on my?